Complete Tech Heads podcast with me, your pal Tommy Edwards. Thank you so much, everyone who's been in touch about last week's episode with Alex Northstar talking all things ChatGPT entrepreneurialism. I thought Alex was great. I've been keeping in touch with him on Twitter, following a lot of the different projects that he's got going on, and I would recommend that you do the same. I have been really blown away by the various different comments and people getting in touch on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. It's been awesome. So this week, I am talking to the co-founder of a business that was forged in fire. Mantis Analytics was set up in the midst of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And Anton Tarasuk, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, I'm sure I'm probably not, though. Anton is a co-founder of that business. So they use AI to combat Russian disinformation and have been doing so ever since Russia invaded. So in this episode, we talk about all sorts of things, but really we get into the story of the business. We talk a lot about that time, about what it felt like, about their reasons for setting up the business. And then we also get into some things that are very much a universally applicable, I would say. So things like what disinformation is, what the public square is, what we mean when we're talking about flows of information and the dangers, I suppose, of disinformation and about people believing things to be true, which are in fact not. So Anton had a couple of minor issues with his sound. So you might hear a bit of Ruff, ruffling, scruffling. I don't know what the what the technical term is, but the mic kind of touching other stuff and making a bit of uh, a bit of a scratchy sound. I I asked him to um, correct it a couple of times, so the sound is hopefully good. Uh, I think it's all right, but yeah, you might get a bit of that um, and a bit of co- connection trouble. So apologies in advance if your sound quality is not great for this one. I am, as you probably know. A complete fucking amateur at this, so I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't sent him a mic or anything. He's just using his uh, AirPods, so yeah, you know, that's that's that. I've got a mic, so hopefully my sound is okay. But you know, who knows? I am trying to gradually improve production quality as I go, but alas, I'm just a guy in a room at the moment, so I can only do so much. So anyway. I think uh, Anton was super interesting. I feel very grateful that he got in touch with me to ask whether I'd be interested in having a conversation. And of course I was because it's, wow, what an interesting story and what a time and place to be setting up a business to combat disinformation. I feel like they will be learning at, at, at so much of a faster rate than any other business really could ever hope to because as we discuss in the in the episode, you know, there are literally lives at stake. So, yeah, I really hope you enjoy this one. I very much did. And, yeah, just want to put a big thank you out there to Anton for, for getting in touch. So, without further ado, here is 
a hopefully correctly pronounced Anton Tarasuk. Anton Tarasuk, uh, how are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good. Um, thanks so much for jumping on. Um, I So for uh, the listeners' background, we've had a brief kind of chat on LinkedIn, um, and I found your story fascinating, um, and it feels like you are in a insanely interesting, possibly terrifying, but very certainly important space in um, in technology right now in the AI space. So, yeah, could I, first of all, just get a bit of an intro to you, to who you are and, and kind of how how we've come to meet one another? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Anton Tarasiuk and I'm a co-founder and an expertise lead in a Ukrainian startup, uh, Mantis Analytics. Mandis Analytics uh, is the startup with the mission of uh, protecting cognitive security of people, governments and organizations. And uh, basically, uh, we're doing two things, like we're building a platform for information field monitoring, AI-driven platform, from the perspective of the information war or information competition. Um, and the second, we provide analytics uh, with, uh, with respect to the information war and information competition. Uh, these are basically like things we are focused on. Um, yeah. Okay. And so to be clear, we are, when we talk about the information war, the, the reason your company came into being in the first place was Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Yep, that's it. Uh, the story behind it is... Um, it's pretty interesting, and uh, I don't want to sound like cynical here, but uh, if there was no war, there would not be, uh, there would not be, uh, th this startup would not exist. Uh, because yeah. um, we can come back to the first days of invasion, like first days of the full-scale invasion. Uh, I was in Kiev in, the, in these days, uh, and uh, the atmosphere, uh, around, uh, atmosphere around was like people were shocked because of the unexpectedness and uh, unprovokedness of the uh, aggression being unfolding and uh, people were trying like to understand how to navigate this space and how to contribute so the the attitude was like and, and, and I'm not exaggerating here, like people just literally try to understand how can I contribute to, to, to the resistance, how can I uh, contribute to the victory. And uh, people did all kinds of stuff, like some people conscripted, some people were uh, volunteering to get like medical kits, to supply some equipment to the front lines, some people were preparing Molotov cocktails, uh, luckily, they did not use them uh, because they are not pretty uh, useful against the professional army. So, this was okay. at least it was a kind of psychotherapy for them. Uh, and uh, okay. uh, <laughs> yeah, we're uh, there, there is a, there, there is an ongoing joke in Ukraine that like that was a kind of psychotherapy. Um, and uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> And there were lots kind of like chats, like literally chats in messengers. Like their advertisement community right. was yeah. chatting, AI community was chatting, IT community was chatting. And out of one of those chats, 
like uh, there emerged a group of people uh, and uh, I, I, I would want to say that like Ukraine is very potent with IT talent so there are lots of great uh, IT specialists here uh, who, who work like on all kinds of stuff uh, and in all kinds of corporations but at the time they were also focused on like this idea how can I contribute how can I like do something because uh, there is something strange when like your city is being bombed and you are sitting and generating AI merchandise for uh, some pops, pop singer uh, or for uh, uh, for some for some for some fancy brand, yeah, people wanted like to to do something uh, real, uh, something uh, that could uh, have an impact on their like environment, and uh, this is how we gathered like uh, this is how uh, how the core team uh, gathered around the idea that we can help uh, with the um, AI technologies, uh, and uh, n not by doing uh, cocktails, not by supplying medical kits because. There are people who are doing it much better than we could, but uh, there is this uh, great tool, like the most potent tool probably on the whole earth. And uh, you can use it for the impact of your country and your fellow, uh, fellow uh, citizens. Uh, maybe you should not not use it like f at least for a time like for, to to generate uh, AI concepts of t-shirts. <laughs> this is the real example. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, just very quickly, Anton. I don't know if your mic is like next to a piece of clothes or something, but it's kind of I can hear like a sort of scratch sorry, sorry. as you as you as you move. Um, mm -hmm. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, but yeah. So look, I mean, that's I I, I can only imagine what um, that must have felt like. And I can completely understand how you might have felt like uh, the normal lines of work or the normal things, the normal outputs that, uh, you know, that, that, that me and my kind of marketing colleagues uh, every day are kind of working towards probably seemed a little bit silly and frivolous and like you kind of had to do something. So just, Briefly on your background, so you are an AI. Are you are you trained in AI, or are you like a software developer, um, generalist? Like, what's your specific background? And then we'll get on to your um, co-founders and and how the company. Yeah, came about. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not uh, an AI specialist myself. Uh, I come from the different background, from the strategic communications background. So. Uh, uh, I uh, yeah I was uh, and I am uh, experienced in influence campaigning in, uh, right, in in creating strategic narratives in analyzing the information space and so on and uh, yeah. basically uh, this is how my title came up like I'm an expertise lead yeah uh, because uh, when we talk about the information space the disinformation uh, tactics and techniques and the influence flows. Uh, there are lots of methodological questions that came uh, came to mind and are to be addressed, to be effective. Uh, and yeah. um, probably I'm the only non-tech guy in our team because we're really like tech savvy and tech focused. Uh, yeah. yeah, so... Uh, uh, okay. So necessarily, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was uh, I was forced to uh, to get acquainted with the area and with uh, basic understandings of technologies. Yeah, but uh, I'm sure. I'm the I'm the Stratcom guy. 
Okay, and so um, how did you meet your co-founders and what was the, um, so the, the company is, is, is Mantis Analytics. Um, so yeah, how did you meet your co-founders and was it, did you set this up in direct response to the information war going on alongside the, the physical war at the time? Yeah, uh, firstly, the project was like a volunteer based. So uh, there was no idea of uh, creating a company. Uh, it was not like on the agenda, to be honest, for some time, like the, uh, the environment was pretty chaotic and uh, uh, the the challenges were like immediate, so they 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 um, needed an immediate response. And um, I, 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 I was in the I, I was I was in like one of those chats, and uh, I was working on a kind of similar project that uh, with with another IT specialist, like to to monitor the information space. And uh, uh, that's how I met. Uh, uh, my co-founder Maxim uh, Tereshenko, who who is a CEO of Mantis Analytics, like he saw that uh, I'm doing something pretty similar. But we we had a call, and then uh, I understood that there are there is a potential here, and uh, we can empower each other. And I jumped in. Um, like uh, after some time, uh, uh, our CTO and the third co-founder joined us. Uh, Ostap Vihopin, he is like a great tech data. Uh, data products uh, guy and um, yeah this is basically how we covered like all three pillars like operational technical and um, and methodological so um, yeah it was it was a natural match for us because we have complementary skills and don't compete with each other uh, yeah and so you were all based in Kiev at the time I was in Kiev at the time, but uh, yeah. but my colleagues like were moving between Kiev and Lviv. So yeah, we are we are we all in Ukraine. Yeah, we we are all yeah, staying yeah, in Ukraine yeah. right now. Yeah, I mean, take me back to that time because it must just have been terrifying, and the the idea it just the the thing that struck me about when you got in touch was, I I don't know if I would have. The presence of mind to be thinking right what are my skills how can i best deploy them how can i help my country i think i would have just been like i i, I don't I, I really just don't know so like how how did you kind of as assemble this team with a clear-headed mission to build something that can actually help in the midst of what must have been a, a, a terrifying event yeah uh I, I would say that uh, you know uh, to have uh, to have a kind of mission in these uh, circumstances is uh, is the way to clear the head because uh, okay. there is so much going on like uh, people saying all kinds of stuff people saying around you say some all kinds of crazy stuff uh, the information uh, sphere is over flooded with rumors with uh, disinformation with a panic with just uh, uh, who knows what and um, you just uh, I don't know and and people say that it, that it was and it uh, is is still common like uh, you just sit and you think like how can I contribute because 
the the minutes that are passing by like are considered to be waste of time and uh, i think that's just the the stress working on you and um it it, it came pretty naturally to be honest uh, but i guess that helped uh, that that helped uh, because when you know what to do uh, you don't have much time to wonder uh, about um, about the circumstances that are, that may be grim sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's get into what it is that you're actually doing then. So, first of all, if if you could just kind of describe what the what the information space is between. Ukraine, Russia, the rest of the world, like, because I, I feel like the rest, you know, I, I feel like I see bits of it, and I want to talk about like NAFO fellas and like the OSN communities and all of that stuff. I feel like the, the rest of the world sort of sees it because it, because we're in a you know a, a global social media space, but like, there's it's very kind of um, it's it's a very particular kind of network. Right, like, like, just describe it for me. Um, the world that you're working in. Mm, yeah, so uh, I, 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 w- I would, I would begin with like uh, what was happening in Ukraine in those days, like in the first days. So uh, yeah, the uh, this war is the most probably digitized war in the world. Uh, from the from the beginning of history, and this war uh, this war is the most uh, disinformation, so to see war. So uh, from the beginning of the war, there were lots of lots of false and harmful information s- spreading around, especially in Ukraine. Like from the first day, so I would give you like one example. From the first day, there was this uh, news coming out that there are like some kind of marks on the streets, like graffiti marks, and that uh, Russian agents, for some reason, put them on the streets to ne- to help the rockets and the artillery uh, aim at the right direction. So this is the total nonsense. How can how can rockets understand that there is a mark being put on the street? Yeah, uh, but yeah, but but. Uh, so, so just to be clear, that was that was nonsense. Yeah, that was uh, that was total nonsense. But uh, people okay. under the stressful circumstances, uh, they their cognitive abilities are probably not at the, their high level. Uh, they're stressed. They do, they do not know how to navigate the space, how to understand what's going on. This is their first experience of of the of the real war going on, and. Um, people get paranoid. So they think that there are actually these people who are putting these marks and they try to be par- paranoid with respect to you. Like, you are going somewhere, like, I don't know, like in the, the shop or whatever. They see that you are not from the area. They're like, they're getting really suspicious. And when you are at war, the suspicion may be the life and death problem. And as far as we understand right now, this is was this was an information campaign, uh, probably of Russia's origin, because uh, it helped to really spread the panic in, in the cities. But that's the total nonsense. Like, how can a rocket find the mark? Like, real uh, this little graffiti mark. This, this, uh, when you when you think about it right now, that's just. Uh, 
that's just yeah. uh, stupid. Yeah, and um, this is the information space we uh, woke up in uh, on the February um, on the in the February two thousand twenty two, and um, yeah. So, so what you're saying is people were already insanely paranoid about about Russia bef bef well before they had invaded because clearly this this the the, the invasion um, was not the beginning of this was it I mean Russia had had been you know secretly operating in Ukraine since like 2014 I believe yeah yeah people were a bit uh, stressed prior to it but but the the main challenge came uh, after the um, 24th February because the the information space just exploded. There were like lots of these things that uh, that were not only false but harmful. And there's like the definition of disinformation. So this is not not only like the false information, but it is also harmful uh, information. And uh, from now on, uh, we are living in a kind of space like it. So there are lots of uh, info that is aimed for you uh, to be harmful for you. And um, Oh, and to to like understand what's going on, it is not only needed to understand uh, what an actual what what an actual what actual people are saying. So it, it is not enough to look into uh, like what what some person in Russia says, what some uh, what some uh, what some of the uh, narratives are being pushed. There is a need to look in the into information flows because. Um, the amount of data and the amount of information is so huge that it is not about like some kind of separate piece or some kind of opinion. Mm -hmm. It is about the the flow, and um, right. and, and when when we are thinking about uh, disinformation, it is mainly about the flow. So it is not about some some uh, one separate piece being investigated. It is about the flow, and it is about the direction of that flow. And uh, I would uh, I would advise people to uh, at least keep that in mind when they're looking into the Russia-Ukraine situation because um, because uh, sometimes uh, uh, sometimes you do not understand that you are being influenced right now and the the idea behind what you are reading or what you are looking into is uh, uh, is to actually to to harm you uh, yeah. So when we t when we talk about the information flow, uh, essentially is is essentially what you're talking about social media content. So is it just like uh, high volumes of posts across all platforms, or is there anything else to it that you're looking at? When we're talking about uh, information flow, it is basically uh, it's basically three things like, and they're pretty pretty obvious. They, this is the media outlets working on. This is uh, social media, uh, social media activities, and these are like um, social media uh, commentaries and reactions of people. So basically, uh, basically, this creates the uh, this creates the the kind of information campaign or or, or or an information flow that is being disseminated. Not only, so these are not only like um, outlet pieces for obvious reasons. Uh, and uh, if we say particularly about Russia-Ukraine war, it is 99% Telegram. So Telegram Messenger yeah. is the main 
app that is uh, that, because it is pretty not on, not pretty it is uh, hugely popular in Ukraine and Russia and and yeah. uh, this is the the focus of it so uh, if you want to see uh, the latest latest news or latest um, things that happened uh, with respect to war you should look into telegram and um, yeah. and uh, so and you, yeah I, I feel like I get so I get all of my news about Ukraine on Twitter and yeah. I feel like the most up-to-date news on Twitter is usually a screenshot of telegram translated. yeah yeah, yeah that's, that's it. because yeah. they've like so the the reporters who are most up-to-date they're screenshotting telegram um, yeah so I mean but telegram must be very difficult for you to do analysis on right because like a platform like Twitter has quite an open API that you can you can run data on quite easily I I would think telegram's whole kind of selling point is encryption right so uh, that, that must be much more difficult mm, the, it is it is a bit uh, of a difficult problem but uh, but we managed to we managed to do it and uh, we, and we managed to do it compliantly because uh, one thing of telegram is encryption the second thing it is not so uh, not so heavy on compliance to be honest oh, yeah uh, right, so okay. Yeah, it can be worked so possible. And, yeah. and so you're you're spending most of your time monitoring Telegram then. In that case, we mo- uh, we at Mantis monitor all kinds of stuff, but uh, uh, we are focused on uh, Telegram specifically right now for the reason of uh, the Russo-Ukrainian war going on, um, and. Uh, mm, we have uh, we have our own data storage with respect to Telegram. Okay, and so um, I guess so. What is it that you are looking for? So, are, so are you, you're you're providing analytics on the flow of information. Presumably, there's qualitative as well as quantitative information you're looking for. So, by which I mean. Are there are there key words that you're looking to understand? Is it just from is it particular accounts and their networks? Like what is it about the actual information itself that you're looking for? Yeah. So so first of all, let's let's uh, let's uh, sketch the pipeline. Let, let's sketch the pipeline, and it's pretty okay. pretty pretty uh, pretty easy to grasp. So uh, when you are talking about the um, inf- some information activities. And uh, they're pretty similar, like to, to marketing activities. So they're not like uh, very uh, very differentiated. There are some peculiarities, but uh, I guess they're pretty similar. So you have the analysis. You should understand like what's going on. The second thing you are building some kind of a strategy uh, around it, and then you are executing. So uh, our focus is the first step. So we are focused only on analytics because as we engaged with it, we understood that. Uh, mm, like people in different think tanks, in uh, some governmental institutions, were just literally sitting and looking through all this stuff manually. And their creative energy was not fueled into uh, countering, into creating counter narratives, into uh, briefing stakeholders, into um, underst- like uh, uh, crafting uh, some kind of. Uh, um strategies uh to 
to block these activities or to prevent people from from consuming this data they were just like looking through looking through charts and tables uh, uh, unlimited tables and um, so so this is this is why we focused on learn analytics and this the second uh, the second thing is uh, AI is here of a great help because um, we are coming to the point when uh, no uh, separate human uh, mind could uh, grasp uh, grasp in in a few minutes like what's going on. So there are so so mm. the, the cognitive abilities uh, required to quickly look what's going on. And and we're speaking about the importance of reaction in real time. Uh, yeah, the cognitive abilities of the human mind are pretty limited with respect to the amount and quality of information that is being disseminated. Mm, so uh, so, yeah. so uh, what we look into, um, and I'm coming to, to the answer in your question directly, uh, what, what we look into, we look into the, firstly, the main narratives, uh, the information flows or the information campaigns, you can call it, uh, look, you can call it probably, um, the, by these names uh, being communicated right now uh, we are training our models to detect them um, because uh, there is uh, there is one uh, way uh, you can look into them you can look into them by keywords but keywords are pretty reliable on a human uh, bias to be honest so there there is there is the analytical judgment of a separate a researcher behind them so he or she decides what keywords are being used and uh, something could be missed AI has no has has, has uh, uh, does not have these biases so uh, it can um, it can uh, find these narratives with a more uh, in a more accurate way and the, the second thing we are looking into is um, is uh, the sources because when we're speaking about um, this information space it is have it is it is one of the criteria that could help to understand uh, the, the, the whether it is or whether it is not a disinformation is the source yeah. um, so 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 the, there's the the source is clearly very important keywords um, important but not super reliable because they're subject to the biases of of whoever's you know, program the, the keyword analysis. And so AI is doing something much more subtle, presumably, which is getting a deeper understanding of all of the different information, infra, infra, not infrastructure, landscape, and, and, and able to draw narratives out of this high volume of content that's being, that's just be that's just going all the time. Is that a, fair summary yeah yeah it is fair it was it is a fair yeah. summary yeah um, and uh, uh, <laughs> as far the word summary goes uh, we are also summarizing the information because uh, when when you are working with this huge huge information flows there is no reason to actually to dig into nuances here because we're speaking not about the quality data not about quality content or even like uh, representative content. So we are not speaking about, for example, 
of the statement, uh, the statements of officials. They are included into it, but they are included into it like in a, in a, uh, as a part of the flow. Uh, and they and they could and they should be analyzed also separately. For example, there is the difference between like what some 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 official is saying. For example, Russian official yeah. uh, and uh, the news and social media communicated around this. There is the difference between this piece as the separate statement at, and that's this piece as the part of the flow. And when we are speaking about like um, understanding the. Uh, the disinformation flow. We are speaking about the flow, and um, yeah. Um, yeah, this this is ba uh, this is it. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, do you sorry, go on. Uh, yeah, I I I I, I was saying that uh, the 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 fourth thing that we are doing is we are uh, working on uh, automatic disinformation uh, detection, and. Um, okay. This is this is the whole the, this is the whole different story the whole method uh, this is the whole uh, the whole different story with respect to methodology with respect to technologies and uh, I would just like to see that we are uh, we are not as the company we are as a um, as a humanity probably are at the beginning of the process so uh, uh, there are discussions uh, around this process, like whether uh, it should be, it should be even in place. Um, for example, uh, there was the piece by uh, by a U.S. Israeli journalist uh, Jakob Siegel, who said that the whole idea of disinformation is hoax. So we, we should just uh, uh, we should should just rely on this. Um, discussions uh, and being uh, yeah. nice to each other and being open to to each other and uh, like uh, you know like this uh, old uh, obli old public sphere uh, sentiment that is pretty uh, that is pretty popular in some circles yeah um, and yeah no, I, and so i think it, that's a you're right that is a question that is uh, you know, global, right? Like it's, it, it doesn't just apply to the Ukraine war, it, it applies to the world. Um, so how are you, to, uh, and so, but I, I, I suppose the counter to that in the Ukraine case is that, you know, th this, like there are, there's real information about, you know, the battlefield, right? That like people are, people are pretending that, that, that towns have been, you know, like, uh, taken over or not or whatever people are lying about about real battlefield information and so there's a real need to be able to distinguish between what's true and what's false um, because lives are at stake right so y you can't just say oh well let's all just have a conversation about it um, you need to find real facts and so that's where things presumably like you know open source intelligence and all of that come in so how are you so I've got a couple of questions actually on the back of that. But first one, um, what do you, what do you mean by the terms misinformation and disinformation? Do you have definitions that you work with at Mantis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that's that's a great question actually because uh, when we dig into this stuff, we can see a lots of terms being um, being used, and uh, there is. Um, there is little of clarification here, and uh, when we speak about AI, we should be 
pretty clear because um, it is a formalist medium and it needs to be provided clear list of criteria and clear uh, list of criteria should rely on clear uh, definitions or at least of sets of definitions. So when we speak about disinformation, uh, we can compare it with the two uh, other terms being malinformation, malinformation and misinformation. So misinformation is basically the false stuff. Uh, like, uh, for example, okay. there are communities that are speaking about uh, flat earth. This is not a harmful information. Yeah. Uh, on, <laughs> on a large scale, uh, you, yeah. you can spread, uh, spread dumb things, uh, no, uh, uh, no harm here. Mm. And malinformation is basically harmful information. For example, you have a CEO uh, of a company, uh, he or she made some stupid or aggressive or um, xenophobic remarks and you just publish the information. This is malinformation from his point of view. This is being okay. a, a hit piece on him or her. Uh, and okay. Uh, okay. Th this kind of information can be even considered of public interest because some, uh, this, this, is what, this is what journalists uh, can do. Yeah, right, yeah. And, and if a public figure is, you know, a racist or something, it's probably in the public interest for everybody to know that that's the case, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But from but from the point of view of this figure, that could be considered malinformation and considered um, considered uh, uh, truly because that's, that is, that is a hit uh, on this public person. This and the 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 publishing of such pieces is a, uh, is of probably more of a moral nature or public interest nature, so there could be discussions. So if we want to have a, a good uh, flourishing public sphere, there, there, is, there should be at least a space to publish such, uh, such things. And we're, when we're speaking about disinformation, these are basically two criteria come to, uh, come to match. Uh, it means that this is the false information, and this is the false information that is aimed to harm you, to harm you physically, to harm you commercially, to harm you politically or, okay. or uh, to harm you via reputation attack. So, so um, I think th that this is a pretty good operational definition to understand, like, is it, is it this information or is the person communicated in, is being just, uh, just wrong? Or is it, or is this person is trying to accomplish some kind of a goal which he or she thinks is yeah. even worth achievable? Yeah. Is it is there is there is there harmful intent, um, or ma malice of forethought? I think is is how they define it in the in UK law. Um, right, yeah. Come okay, come so come come, come, come back to those marks in Ukraine. This is a good example, and this is. And this is the example that spread into the physical world. I saw people who were looking for those marks. They were saying, okay, we are checking the, the ground for them. And uh, this was purely right. harmful and it was purely um, false. There were no marks. But, but, I, guess, but I guess maybe, maybe there were some old graffitis that were, uh, um, that were um, perceived as such. But... Uh, not for rocket uh, strikes. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, just your, I think your mic has uh, gone gone back to touching your t-shirt. Um, it's a, okay. you. You were fine up until just now. I don't know what happened. Um, sorry, sorry for that. Okay, so no, no, no. Don't worry, don't worry. All good. Um, so, so disinformation is is the one that is the real concern as far as Ukraine is concerned. Then I think it it sounds like you know it's 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 information that's false that's aimed at trying to give Russia some kind of strategic advantage or tactical advantage. Yeah, um, basically, uh, basically, it gives you an advantage. Uh, it gives you an, an advantage, and it gives you an advantage on different uh, different levels. For, for example, you can, when you are conducting a kind of operation, and uh, as we know, the first operation was trying to get Kiev in a couple of days or weeks, and if you have the chaotic environment people being paranoid, people being scared, people looking for some kind of um, in, uh, some kind of stuff that does not exist. This helps you to, to advance actually. So uh, the timing was pretty um, pretty pretty uh, good here for them. And, 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 and this is basically why they did it. Uh, the second thing, it can give you uh, advantage on the longer term. Uh, not these kinds of like, um, not this direct chaotic information being spread, but spreading the spreading the the false uh, narratives that are for long term usage. For example, the the narrative uh, that Ukrainians are Nazis and that there is a Nazi regime. It is pretty uh, pretty. Uh, pretty obvious this information because this is the false information this is harmful information like uh, um, aimed to uh, get not the physical harm yeah but the reputational harm and uh, to yeah, yeah. to harm on a longer term yeah yeah um, so do you do you distinguish between like the kind of you you mentioned you know Russian political figures and so do do you distinguish between like the top level political um, disinformation or misinformation or information flow and like the what's going on on the battlefield so you know like people who are actually there soldiers who are you know like posting updates onto Telegram or whatever is there a big kind of gap between those or do you see it as all one information space? Mm -hmm. There are different levels of granularity, so uh, you can uh, and we aim to make it as granular as possible because uh, because the the idea of the flow uh, is the idea that there are subflows in it. So this is the, the flow can be of this scale, of this scale, of this scale, and th this can be this this can be uh, the one flow. Uh, and um, there are different uh, sources uh, being uh, in play. Uh, with respect to Russia, Russia's information activities, so there are official figures, there are official outlets, and Russia being a, an informational autocracy, to use uh, the term of the economist Sergei Guriev uh, from the EBRR. Um, this is a pretty good term because it, it helps you to grasp like the the idea that uh, the activities of the main outlets are usually 
coordinated and orchestrated in the, in the following way. So, um, yeah. so um, mm, there is uh, uh, there is a good reason to look into in, into the them separately, mm, and 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 we and we do it. There is the mm, so you can think about it this way. There is something that can a public figure, for example, um, for example, uh, uh, Russia's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Sergei Lavrov, say. There, there are things that he could not say. What he could not say would say the, some kind of Russian outlet, some kind of Russian media or Russian expert. Right. What he or she could not say, this expert could not say, would say, uh, would say a kind of independent, independent in quotes, journalist, uh, they call it war correspondents, and they're basically, uh, they're basically um, uh, headquartered in Telegram, and when you, as you say, see some kind of news about Russia-Ukraine war in Twitter, this is probably a kind of uh, a kind of information that could be um, could be could be sourced to these uh, Telegram channels of uh, Russia's war correspondents, and uh, they say um, much more than the public figure or the public outlet could say, um, yeah. and and. Uh, Depot, uh, and there are also the next step is the um, is the communities or separate channels uh, of uh, the soldiers or or the servicemen who are engaged into the war. And um, most, for example, most war crime evidences uh, would be there probably. So they they are pretty. They can be pretty uncensored. So they can post some yeah. something that can be compromising, and um, yes. so are you working with the Ukraine government with um, o o open source intelligence? Um, like, are, are you plugged in with all these guys? Are you like, are you doing things like you know, as you say, documenting evidence of war crimes? Like, what's your degree of Involvement with the uh, authorities. Yeah, uh, we work with uh, some governmental institutions. Uh, we work with uh, uh, with a bunch of think tanks. Uh, not all of them are uh, focused on the war uh, directly. Some of them are focused on uh, more uh, more classical fact checking activities. Some of them are focused on. Uh, basically like long-term analytics um, we uh, help people to uh, to document war crimes but not by documenting them directly but uh, helping them with technologies that that could um, basically the um, the idea behind the war crimes documentation right now is uh, twofold first thing you have to have data storages and to see data and the second thing is uh, whitewashing. So when there is some kind of evidence uh, of a war crime posted, usually it gets deleted in sometimes because somebody sees it and says, you should delete it, it is a compromising. And uh, right. uh, with respect to Telegram, we have the technology to track the, the whitewashing activities. So we, we have the technology to understand, uh, to understand um, Things right. being deleted. Right. So you're not just documenting; you're also documenting the 
process of removal in real time as as people take this information back out of the information space you're tracking that movement yeah yeah uh okay. yeah we work with uh with also with some OSIT and agencies and uh, these are not only U Ukrainian institutions, uh, but people all around the world are focused on the Russo-Ukrainian war right now, mm. and uh, we can provide uh, a good a good data for it uh, and about it. And uh, yeah, there are, for example, uh, some of American think tanks we are working on also. Okay, okay, and what? What are you actually giving these people? What what do they what do they like? What's what's the? We've talked a lot about what you guys do, but what's the actual output? So if if I'm if I'm working for an American think tank or whatever, like, and I come and work with you, what do I get at the end of it? Is it like a like a like a report showing, like the the full volume of information flow and then some selected um, pieces? Like is it, it, it like what am I actually going to expect? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, we provide, uh, for example, th there are two kinds of inquiries that people can have, like generally. First of all, uh, they could need some kind of uh, in-depth intelligence uh, about uh, what's going on. Uh, and uh, we could provide it. Like We, 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 could, we could basically do it. We could... Uh, structure it uh, and we could provide it. The second one is uh, uh, we're building a platform uh, which uh, and the idea of which is basically uh, to give people a tool to make most of this in, uh, intelligence research by themselves uh, and we are providing uh, providing people with the access to the platform um, Right, okay so you have a platform that people, that you can that you can sell access to. Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. Um, okay. Great. Um, so, I guess what's your what's your plan? Like, what are you are, are you aiming to continue to grow outside of Ukraine and do in-depth digital analytics on all sorts of different things? Are you focused on the the war effort only at the moment. Like, what's what's your what's your plan? Mm, the the plan uh, the plan d really depends on the situation unfolding and the situation unfolding. As far as we see it, and as far as my, uh, I myself see it, that uh, the information war or information competition uh, is not the thing that will go with the Russo-Ukrainian war. It, it, mm. it, it, it has to do with all kinds of things. And firstly, it has to do with the transformation of the um, public sphere, so to say, uh, because we're in transition from the classical public sphere with classical institutions and classical gatekeepers like editors, journalists, uh, uh, media outlets to, to a new public sphere, which relies on um, the platforms and the information is being disseminated in the, in uh, different ways, and the idea of uh, disinformation and this is why I I personally believe that this is not a 
false or hoax concept is because it has to do not with the classical classical public sphere structure when you have when you when you when you basically like cannot publish anything without the editor gatekeeping and the editor also providing um, some services for you to make your piece be uh, match some kind of um, criteria like uh, fact-checking ex- excellence uh, Stylist, stylistic excellence like nowadays everybody can publish anything and this is why the whole problem is created because uh, uh, the in, uh, because uh, the information flows are much more um, uh, much uh, are much larger than they uh, were and uh, and the logic of platforms is a, is a different logic uh, from the classic public sphere institutions. So this this basically creates the situation when there is a huge competition uh, uh, and everybody takes part in this competition. And uh, grow, uh, uh, the industries that are experts in this, uh, in hacking this competition, some are trying to hack, are uh, flourishing. So for example, uh, uh, PR lobbying industry is growing. Uh, the uh, the amounts of the amounts of uh, political muni- manipulation in digital spheres are growing. So there was this Oxford University report that said like more than eighty countries are being engaged into some kind of political mu- manipulation in social uh, spheres. And uh, the wow. speed eighty. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I yeah, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that before. Uh, yeah, and uh, the the speed uh, the speed of the infor- uh, the speed with which the information I- is being disseminated is uh, fast. And uh, there was the uh, there was the research by um, which was published in the Science Magazine that actually stated that the tweet uh, which contains some kind of uh, false information is. Seventy percent higher to be retweeted uh, than uh, than other tweets. So basically, this is this all really? this, this all comes to speed. Jesus, uh, that's terrible, isn't it? Yeah, but but uh, but uh, I think we should see it as the different logic with this, with which public sphere is being uh, working right now, and um, yeah, this this creates well, it's like. Uh, it's- did yeah. you read uh, Jaron Lanier's book? He, he talks about, I mean, and it's a well-known fact now, anyway. But how negativity is much more, much more likely to increase engagement than than positivity, right? Like yeah. the, the, the more, the more aggy or angry or or shitty you are about somebody, the more likely you are to get attention and, and engagement. Yeah. Um, so it's like a like a recursive loop of. Of negativity, I can only imagine that in the chaos of a of a war zone, that's just like on steroids. Yeah, 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 and this is basically the good example of how the platform is working. Like, if you have a gatekeeper editor, he should okay think okay our uh, our magazine is being a bit of a negative right now, so let's put some positive piece here just for a balance. You 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 have no of this uh, in the current situation, uh, and basically. Uh, the commercial logic behind it would be uh, would be lacking because from a commercial side to sell more ads you need to drive engagement and to drive engagement you need to uh, you need to serve uh, serve people with what they um, what they would like to consume more and 
naturally people consume negative oh, and what they what they click on more and what they share more and and all yeah. Of that yeah 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 um, so, and so the last thing i want to sorry go ahead yeah and ba ba basically right now we are uh, expand we're expanding where uh, i was just coming to, to plants and just in a few cents we're expanding and we're uh, starting to work with uh, uh, u.s market uh, because we believe that uh, this is what like this is the one of the centers of uh, information uh, competition and uh, naturally uh, it, it all comes uh, to to us yeah and so the last thing i want to talk to you about is, is ai in a different sense which is like how worried are you about ai generated content flooding the internet like are you seeing that already with llms um and how much worse do you think it's going to get mm, yeah yeah uh, i'm i'm worried and we're seeing it uh, uh we're seeing it um basically generative ai is um what uh uh is the concern everybody has has right now but uh, there are there is no uh, clarity with respect to how to address it uh, we see it from di from different sides for example we see that, that um, there is a corporate fraud uh, at least the corporate fraud attempts with the use of this uh, deep fakes is uh, they've been um, they've been uh, they've been um, okay it, it is in place so there are there are numbers of corporate corporate uh, fraud attempts using like fake deep fake CEO face who is like trying to to manipulate you to transfer some some money to to another account so these are yeah, like yeah. These, these are like uh, records that are being seen uh, also uh, with respect to uh, disinformation and the information flows, it all generative AI helps a lot because generative AI uh, lowers the cost of creating a harmful and um, false piece just to a basic digital literacy. You have the computer, you can generate it, you can disseminate it. And the the, the main thing with disinformation, it is about quantity, quantity to be honest, because uh, there are lots of it. 99% uh, of it is being is going nowhere, so nobody even reads it. But the 1% is what matters, and the more you have, the more likely your chance is to uh, to influence somebody, uh, because it is basically about quantity. So you should just uh, you should just uh, the idea behind it. Uh, you should see a lot of it and. Uh, like your your cognitive guard is being uh, being attacked, and you uh, whether you are directly influenced or or directly influenced or you just uh, some you should uh, you become some kind of skeptic with respect to the topic it talks about or whatever. So um, generative AI is a problem, and this is one of the reasons uh, we think uh, that. Uh, AI can be uh, beaten only with AI. Like th there is, there is no coming back to the pre-disinformation age when you 
had a kind of gatekeeper, a kind of manual fact checker who is just looking uh, looking into stuff. Uh, this can help, yeah, but but scale. but mostly from the methodological side. So there are there are some kind of patterns, some kind of processes that could be. Uh, get, that could be adapted for the AI solutions. But basically, if we have AI-driven disinformation efforts, we, we should have AI-driven uh, protection methods. And um, yeah, this is basically it. So we are... Uh, and, and I expect the things to become much more grimmer with respect uh, to disinformation activities because uh, this is the cheap harmful and false data that can that can be spread in minutes yeah and i i, I mean it, it it's not just about wars either is it i mean you can imagine it in all facets of life i mean especially with you know democracy and you know elections you can just imagine candidates just inventing millions upon millions of very vocal supporters who are, are constantly t tweeting, or not tweeting, zeeting, whatever they call it, posting, um, just, just constant, constant messages slagging off the opposition and talking up their candidate in a really, really convincing way. And then, you know, we'll presumably get to a position where everyone has to do that. And then, uh, you know, it, it's going to be difficult to distinguish where the real humans are. Um, and so I, I guess companies like yours are going to become more and more important in that case because we're going to be fighting this everywhere, I think. And, and, and even, you know, on a more sort of, you know, uh, simple and perhaps less dangerous way in marketing, I think that you're going to have, you know, just legions of AI bots as your sales team, you know, like a, a 10 person sales team is going to become a thousand bot sales team all, you know, talking to people all at once with moving avatars and, you know, real sounding voices and generated pictures of really attractive looking people who don't exist. Um, yeah, finding the difference between the real humans and the AIs in that world is going to become bloody difficult isn't it yeah it will become bloody difficult and uh, um, but the, the the most uh, dark part here is from the point of view of like analyzing information there is no no difference whether you're like uh, whether the person who shares some kind of information is real or not like uh, and uh, when you have mm. So I see. Yeah, I suppose on some level, you almost don't care if it's a bot or a human. You're just you're just looking at what's the narrative that you know that they're trying to push from the top through. Yeah, yeah that's that, that's bots. the transmitter, right? so to say. Yeah, yeah, that's the transmitter. Yeah. So, uh, um, so yeah, and um, this is the one way to look into it. Um, there are others, and for you mentioned a, a good example, like of preserving a democracy. Like the, preserving the democracy is um, basically uh, like it relies on the on on another side. Like preserving democracy should rely on preserving some space uh, 
where you do not look into things from the point of view of only people as dis uh, disseminators of messages. So, 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 so basically, there is there is another risk, like uh, understanding everything as only as a kind of um, kind of um, malicious information being put or not, like whether it is pro us or against us. So, the, the, and this is this is basically the risk, uh, the political risk here. So, just to eliminate all the spaces when you have this kind of uh, like uh, shared agreement that you are not looking into what what the person communicates to you as a kind of uh, influence uh, campaign on you. Like, uh, so you should not look into the person. Is trying to to sell you something basically, and uh, the the idea behind this AI solution that it is easily it it will become easily to sell you something, and it will become not so easily but to uh, prevent this uh, selling, and uh, what suffers from it uh, the discussion and the democratic process which is basically like the current unlimited dialogue between citizens. Uh, will uh, will suffer from it, and that's just the concern that uh, yeah. probably should be addressed not only by tech companies because tech companies are, dri are driven by another motive, but also by regulators and political actors. That's just um, the a, a question that that yeah. uh, we all sh will address at some point. Yeah, I mean, how do we have a political debate if nobody knows who's a human or not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't expect you to know the answer, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a it's, it's, it's a crazy thought. Well, look, I mean, I guess for that reason, among many others, you know, companies like yours are important. That's why um, that's why we need smart people working hard to try and figure this stuff out. Right? Is to is to preserve democracy and to preserve a, a way of life that we've become accustomed to over the last you know century or whatever um yeah well look yeah. is there anything else that i uh that i haven't that i haven't uh discussed that you uh that you would like to let let the world know well maybe not the world my <laughs> my followers um <laughs> no is there anything uh anything anything interesting that um that i've uh that i haven't addressed uh I don't know. I think you addressed all the right, uh, all the right topics, and uh, I, I, would, I don't know. I just would like to say that the AI world is pretty, uh, pretty interesting and awesome, and your podcast is a great, uh, a great media to translate the message and different opinions, uh, whether it AI dumerism, AI disinformation content, or even. Uh, like uh, AI girlfriend, uh, girlfriend discussions, and yeah, that's the fascinating stuff. So, yeah, oh man, AI girlfriends. Oh, don't get don't get me started <laughs> on AI girlfriends. Yeah, yeah, very, um, very worried about that. I mean, yeah, look, I mean, that's given the conversation we're just having. Like, yeah, what, um, you know, what's the world going to look like when everyone's got an AI girlfriend rather than a real one? Um, and then uh, you know how they're going to be influenced. That's that's a whole, whole another thing. But yeah. Um, well, look, Anton, 
Thanks so much for coming on. Um, I've really enjoyed talking to you. Um, I um, yeah, really uh, feel privileged in a way to, to, to get to talk to you, given that you've, you've forged your business in the fire of a, of, a, of a war. And I wish you every success. Um, I will certainly be keeping in touch and keeping up to date with what's going on with you. And yeah, come back on any time. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Tom. And thanks for having me. Thanks for your openness. And thanks for the great uh, job you are doing with uh, hosting the discussions on AI at your platform. That's uh, pretty valuable stuff. Thanks a lot. Thanks very much. Cheers. Complete decades.